got a special edition of Everything Fast Pitch. Tonight, we are doing our NCAA prediction show. The prediction show is sponsored by Elite Sporting Goods, 905 Grayson Highway, Lawrenceville, Georgia, 678-377-0270 is the phone number. And we appreciate their sponsorship, and we're looking forward to getting into the NCAA Division I softball tournament. We spoke uh, yesterday, Don and I, about the selection process and how things were decided and how teams were uh, put into regionals and and all that good stuff. And so um, a lot of what we talked about yesterday ended up coming true as we watched the selection show last night. What I'm going to do today is go through the regions one by one. We're going to start with one and work our way up to 16. I'm going to try to give you the insight that I can on teams that I'm familiar with and players that I'm familiar with, and also to predict winners of each of the regions. It should be a lot of fun and uh, an interesting discussion, and hopefully you'll enjoy it just as much as I will. So we're going to start off with the number one team in the bracket, which is the Oregon Ducks. Oregon has put together an amazing season. I've watched them on TV a couple of times, and uh, their region starts on Thursday. Uh, For people who are not familiar with the reason why, BYU is one of two schools that the NCAA has a special ruling for because of their religious beliefs that they do not play on Sundays. And so the regional, whichever region it is that BYU is assigned to, always plays the Thursday, Friday, Saturday format. And it's uh, always kind of fun, too, because if uh, BYU is in the tournament, it gives us one more day of softball on TV. So so Oregon's hosting. They are the number one seed. Their first game is going to be against Albany. And then in the second matchup in that region is going to be Drake and BYU. Um, let's just say the uh, odds of Oregon not winning this regional, I think, are very, very slim. Uh, they've got dominant pitching, tremendous hitting. They were one of the schools that picked up several players from Louisiana Lafayette when uh, uh, some of their players decided to leave after a coaching change, and it has impacted Oregon in a, in a very positive way. And my gut feeling is that the team that they will play in the final of their regional will be BYU. BYU has a tremendous player named Libby Sugg, and it's kind of an ironic twist. I've known Libby since she was about 12 years old and uh, watched her play dozens and dozens of times in and around uh, the state of Tennessee. She's a Nashville kid who went to BYU and has broken many, many records and has set some uh, very high standards uh, at BYU and has been one of the top offensive players in the country. So, Libby, I wish you the best. I hope you have a great weekend. But uh, uh, my prediction is that Oregon is going to emerge from that region and uh, they will be the team uh, that advances from that that, uh, section of the bracket. The number two team is the Florida Gators, and Florida will be hosting uh, in Gainesville. They start on Friday. Uh, Their first game is going to be against Bethune-Cookman. The other matchup will be South Florida and Ohio State. Florida's going into the regional tournament uh, playing really, really well. I watched uh, several of their games during the SEC tournament and was very impressed. Uh, Pitching and hitting both really came together, and uh, Tim Walton's teams always play great defense. So um, I feel that uh, Bethune-Cookman certainly is um, a, a matchup that Florida should and will Uh, win uh, that game very easily and my gut feeling is that they will end up playing Ohio State in the final. South Florida is uh, a very strong team. Ken Erickson's a great coach. 
but uh, Ohio State had a very strong year this year. They did really well in the uh, Big Ten, and uh, um, I think that they are a team that uh, certainly will present a challenge, but I would say that Florida is certainly the team that's going to come out of that region. The number three team in the bracket is UCLA, and UCLA is a one of the powerhouse schools of all time in, in our sport. Uh, they are certainly one of the teams that, uh, for those of us that have followed fast pitch softball for a long time, are very familiar with and have seen dozens and dozens of times. You know, they've got a, a, a pile of NCAA Division One championships. They in Arizona are the two dominant programs over the history of, the, of Division One softball. The UCLA starts off with Sacramento State. Uh, their other two teams in their region are Texas State and Cal State Fullerton. UCLA is clear, clearly the favorite in this region, but Texas State's a very strong team. Uh, Coach Ricky Woodard is a, a legend in the game. She's uh, been at Texas State for a very long time and has always had a super competitive program, and it will not surprise me to see them and UCLA be the teams that match up in uh, the final of that regional, but uh, the smart money's got to have UCLA advance and I think that uh, they certainly will. The number four team is Oklahoma. Oklahoma's a two-time defending national champion. They've got an interesting bracket in that they lead off their regional with Boston University, and Boston University is one of only uh, three games that uh, Oklahoma has lost this year. The other two teams in the region are Tulsa and Missouri, and there's a lot of interest and intrigue in in this bracket. Uh, Tulsa has been a very, very good team and uh, and very competitive. Uh, Missouri snuck in, I will say, uh, as the 13th place team from the SEC and uh, uh, certainly uh, has some work to do. But uh, there's been some uh, cross-pollination, I guess, between Missouri and Oklahoma. There's two players on the Oklahoma roster that both started their careers at Missouri. And Paige Lowry is certainly one of the key players and key pitchers that's uh, put Oklahoma's program into such a strong position. Um, I think that there's going to be some interesting games. I think that there will be some close scores, but I would bet everything I own that Oklahoma emerges from this regional and certainly uh, is going to be in a strong position to make it all the way to Oklahoma City. Um, It's a really challenging place for anyone to play. And to go into uh, Oklahoma and have a chance to win is is a very daunting task. Having watched them play several games this year on TV, um, their pitching is amazing. Their defense is really strong. I think uh, they've had less than 15 errors total uh, so far this year, and uh, their offense is amazing. So um, I think Oklahoma is the number four seed certainly um, is one of the teams that's a favorite to win the championship and could be just the second team in history to uh, have a three-peat in softball. UCLA did it once. Uh, several teams have won back-to-back, but uh, Oklahoma's in a position now to be the uh, uh, only the second team to go th- uh, th- uh, to get a three-peat. The fifth seed is... 
the University of Washington, and they'll be playing at home. Uh, they have an interesting draw in that they have a couple of schools that are very strong traditionally um, that I'm sure will be a good challenge. They start off with Boise State. Boise State is a newcomer to the NCAA tournament but has a very strong offensive team and certainly has the ability to score runs. Now, whether they will score runs against Washington's pitching or not is yet to be determined. But then you also have Minnesota and Texas in that region. They will be playing in the other game. Uh, Minnesota was a team last year that many people felt got uh, the short end of the stick from the uh, NCAA selection committee and that they were not a host and did not get one of the top 16 seeds uh, came very close to emerging from their regional but did not uh, and uh, certainly has played this year with a little bit of a chip on their shoulder and Texas is one of those traditional programs that's always uh, in the discussion you know coach Connie Clark's been very very successful at uh, Texas over the years and uh, certainly I think it will be an interesting regional but uh, if we're looking for big upsets I don't picture it happening in Seattle I think Washington will emerge from this region and I think that they are a very strong very uh, tough team that uh, will undoubtedly make it to the super regionals the number six team in the bracket this year is Florida State. Sorry for that pause. Florida State. Uh, This is a really interesting region to me uh, for several reasons. Number one, uh, very familiar with all four schools. Uh, Florida State starts off with Jacksonville State. Jacksonville State won the Ohio Valley Conference tournament title and has been in the NCAA tournament a bunch of times. Jacksonville State's coached by one of my best friends, Jana McGinnis, who is, uh, without a doubt, one of the classiest coaches uh, that uh, I've ever known. Uh, Runs a great program and has been very, very successful in the OVC. They've been to the NCAA tournament a bunch of times. And then in the other game, we've got Kennesaw State making their first appearance in the NCAA tournament against Auburn. Um, Coach Don and I both have ties having coached at Kennesaw State and uh, certainly happy to see their program make their way into the NCAA tournament. They were the conference regular season and tournament champions, and they're taking on an Auburn team, which has had an interesting, to say the least, year with a coaching change. And uh, you know a lot of ups and downs. Uh, Auburn and KSU did play earlier in the year, and I believe Auburn won a very close one-run, maybe two-run game. And so I think that's going to be a very interesting regional. Um, I think KSU is one of the hottest teams in the country going in, and so I think it could be a very interesting regional. I still think the smart money has to be on Florida State. But I think that uh, all four teams um, are very, very strong. And I will not be surprised if uh, this one goes to the if game. I will not be surprised to see um, KSU being the team that plays Florida State. And if uh, anyone is uh, somebody who believes in karma and how crazy things can be, a couple of years ago, the Kennesaw State baseball team went to Florida State and pulled off a huge upset and ended up advancing to the Super Regionals in the baseball tournament. So um, it's got a lot of stuff going on. I think it's going to be a very interesting uh, couple of days, and I think that you're going to see uh, some really good softball played there. And, of course, it's uh, very interesting for Coach Don and I because we have such strong ties to so many of the teams. 
Uh, Florida State's been uh, a, a powerhouse now for several years, and uh, Auburn's going to be a, a very challenging team. So you got uh, four great teams, and in my opinion, this might be the best region of the four, even though I think uh, some people would argue that there's others that are stronger. Uh, but to uh, my way of thinking, looking at how it lays out, I think this is going to be a very, very competitive regional. The seventh seed is the University of Georgia, and Georgia's in an interesting position. Uh, they are hosting uh, the regional uh, at home in Athens, and they'll be playing their first game against Harvard. And then the other two teams in the region are Cal and Northwestern. Georgia was maybe the hottest team in the country at the beginning of the year. Uh, started off playing very, very well, had a, a very long and uh, impressive winning streak. And then uh, several weeks ago, a couple of weeks ago, their number one pitcher, uh, Brittany Gray, was injured. And that uh, puts uh, an interesting twist on their season and on their situation because she had been uh, very clearly one of the best pitchers in the country and had been dominating a lot of the opponents that Georgia had played. Now, Georgia still has a tremendous offense. Uh, they play great defense. You know, uh, Coach Lou Harris is always going to have her kids ready to play at a very high level. Um, I picture Georgia, you know, certainly handling Harvard, but I think Cal and Northwestern are both strong programs that could present a challenge. I still think Georgia is going to emerge from this regional, uh, but I would not be shocked if Cal uh, didn't force the if game. And I think it's going to be a lot of very competitive and very exciting games. So I think it's going to be another one of those very interesting regions that a lot of people are going to uh, want to pay attention to. Um, the eighth seed is Arizona State. Now, Arizona State is uh, an another one of those big-name powerhouse schools, has been very good for a very long time. They uh, open up in their region with New Mexico State. Uh, New Mexico State's uh, a high-powered offense. Um, now, again, how, how, how high-powered they will be against Arizona State's pitching, I guess that's yet to be determined. And then the other two uh, teams in that region are Mississippi and Long Beach State. Long Beach State's been hovering around the top 25 all season long and is a traditionally strong program. And then Ole Miss is another one of the SEC schools. Of course, we know that all 13 of the SEC teams made the NCAA tournament. And again, uh, um, you know, there's lots of reasons to argue whether or not uh, all of them should or, or could deserve to be in the tournament, but they've all made it again this year. And Ole Miss is an interesting team. They struggled at different times during the year, but last year showed that they have the ability to get on a hot streak, uh, could put together a couple of great games and uh, have uh, pitchers that definitely can challenge and, and uh, um, keep people keep their team in the ball game. Uh, again, I think the smart money here is that Arizona State's going to emerge, but I do think this is another one that's going to be super competitive and undoubtedly end up going to the if game. And I think the second place team in this region is going to end up being Ole Miss. Number nine team is South Carolina. Knew that one was going to catch me up. South Carolina's got uh, uh, a tremendous story this year. They've had um, all kinds of challenges. It's a team that has been 
on the rebuild now for a couple of years. Uh, you know, Coach Bev Smith has is, is done a great job at, uh, at turning the program around and making them uh, at first a contender in the SEC and now a national contender. Um, very good friend of mine, Lisa Navis, is the assistant coach there, and uh, uh, they've done a great job in the tournament with them. Their first game is going to be against University of North Carolina Greensboro. And then on the other side of their bracket is Hofstra and Liberty. Liberty is coached by one of the legends of our game in uh, Dr. Dot Richardson. And uh, um, her team is always very well coached and very strong. And Hofstra is one of those schools that uh, has always been a a very competitive, high-level program. Um, They've had a lot of success in the NCAA tournament. Uh, Bill Edwards was the coach there for many, many years, and then he um, retired and and handed the reins to his longtime assistant. And uh, they have not uh, missed a beat. They still play tremendous defense, um, good pitching, and that's going to be an interesting uh, regional. This is the first one that I think could see an upset, and I'm uh, pulling for South Carolina, but I will not be shocked if Liberty does not sneak in there and make it out of this region. So um, I still think uh, uh, South Carolina's got to be the favorite, uh, but I think that this is uh, potentially one of the first places that we could see an upset, and I'm going to go out on a limb and say that Liberty's going to come out of Columbia. The number 10 seed is Tennessee, and Tennessee has uh, pretty much been hosting a regional for as long as any of us can remember. They've had tremendous success. Uh, Ralph and Karen Weekly are two very good friends of mine. I've known them and uh, called them friends for a very long time. Uh, they start off against Monmouth, and then the other two teams in their bracket are Ohio and James Madison. James Madison's kind of an interesting story in that they had a coaching change fairly late. Uh, coach Mickey Dean had been the coach there and, and left to take the job at Auburn. And uh, uh, that's another program that even with all the turmoil and the potential issues of having a coaching change has not missed a beat. They've uh, kept right on rolling and have played uh, very, very good softball all year. Uh, Tennessee has two uh, very strong pitchers and basically uses their pitching staff in uh, a manner that allows both pitchers to contribute almost every game. I uh, think that Tennessee will certainly uh, handle Monmouth. Um, and honestly, I think that they will win this regional. I think James Madison's going to end up being the second place team. And I think it will end up being uh, needing that this region will need the if game. But my, my honest opinion is that Tennessee is going to emerge um, out of that spot and is going to be the team uh, to advance to the super regionals. The 11th place seed is LSU. And LSU is another one of those interesting situations. I think that uh, Beth Tarina is one of the finest coaches in America. She's done a great job. Um, But this is one of the regions that, to me, points out some of the reasons why I'm just not a fan of the 16-team region. Um, LSU has earned the right to host this tournament. Their first game is going to be against Fordham. Uh, But in the other bracket, you've got Louisiana and Houston. Now, um, obviously, there's a lot of reasons why people are excited about LSU and UL playing. Um, you know, Louisiana Lafayette and LSU have been rivals, and in a lot of ways, not friendly rivals um, at different times during uh, the course of the history of their programs. 
But every year that Louisiana makes the tournament, they end up having to go to LSU, and uh, or LSU has to go to Louisiana Lafayette. And it, to me, is uh, unfortunate that for these kids that are playing in these in in the in this regional, that you know they have the excitement of knowing that they've made the tournament, and then that turns around and right away becomes the oh my gosh we have to go there again. And so to me. Um, this is one of those regions that points to um, the lack of zip or pip that the uh, regionals can have because you've got uh, Louisiana and Houston who have both been to LSU enough times that they probably uh, could hop in the car and they're uh, or hop in the bus and the bus will make the trip without anybody touching the steering wheel um lsu is going to come out of this region there's no question about it they've got two great pitchers they play great defense and they definitely score enough runs and they are going to make it to the super regional the 12th seed in the bracket this year is alabama and so you're starting to catch the trend here that the sec has dominated a bunch of the regional hosts um the way the bracket breaks out this year, the SEC um, has nine schools hosting a region. The Pac-10, Pac-12 has five schools hosting a region. And then Oklahoma and Florida State are the two um, oddballs, I guess you could say. Um, now, those two conferences have been very dominant and, and certainly deserve all the accolades that they receive. But to me, um, it's, it's uh, again, a, a little bit unfortunate that for some schools, because the same teams are continually hosting, um, that they don't get much variety. Now, the funny thing or the interesting thing to me this time is that the Alabama region actually has some different teams. Um, they traditionally always have... Uh, Jacksonville State and uh, and a few other schools that seem to almost always rotate in uh, to Tuscaloosa, um, Alabama. This year's first game is against Middle Tennessee. Uh, Middle Tennessee makes their way back to the NCAA tournament after a long pause. Um, Coach Jeff Breeden, Coach Tony Foti are two very good friends of mine and very happy to see them get over the hump and win their conference and make it into the NCAA tournament. And I hope that they have a great experience in Tuscaloosa. The other two teams in that region are Wisconsin and Oregon State. Um, Wisconsin's a team that many people, I think, are surprised made the tournament. I think that uh, they might have been the last team to be selected. And Oregon State is sneaky good. So it's going to be interesting. I think that Alabama uh, is very, very hard to beat at home. I I tell people the story all the time. Back in 2007 was the high high watermark of, of my coaching career when I was coaching at Tennessee Tech. And that year we made it to Alabama and we were able to win the first game in the regional. And it was a gigantic upset. Now, we had a really good team. But us beating Alabama on their home field was such an oddity and such a rarity that uh, even though ESPN there w- was there to broadcast, they didn't even get any background information on our team because everybody was so sure that Alabama was going to be you know, in the TV game on, on the second day of the tournament. And so, um, you know, I think that it's a very um, competitive or that Oregon State will be a very competitive team um, and will challenge Alabama and, and play some close games. But Alabama just uh, is very tough to beat um, in Tuscaloosa. And the idea of them losing two games this uh, region uh, to the teams that are there would be very, very surprising to me. The 13th seed 
Of course, keeping the trend going, 13th seed is Arkansas. Again, keeping the SEC trend rolling. Um, Arkansas is making uh, a return to the NCAA tournament. It's uh, potentially, I believe, the first time they've ever hosted. And uh, uh, the Razorbacks are going to have three uh, strong teams coming to town. Uh, DePaul is their first game. Uh, Coach Eugene Lenti is a legend, Hall of Famer. And DePaul has always had a very strong softball program and so I think that they will be uh, amped up and ready to play and then the opposite game will be Oklahoma State and Wichita State this is a a pretty good matchup Wichita State's had a really good year and uh, was part of some controversy the last couple weeks of the season they were scheduled to play at uh, Missouri and Missouri uh, because they were trying to meet the standard of the 500 record to make sure that they could get into the NCAA tournament basically uh, bought their way out of the game you know most schools have some sort of a contractual buyout where if a school cannot or will not make the trip um, that they get uh, some sort of financial uh, payment to make up for the loss Uh, but Wichita State was the team that uh, Missouri chose not to play um, because I think they were afraid that Wichita State could potentially knock Missouri below the 500 mark and keep them from qualifying for the NCAA tournament. Oklahoma State uh, coach Kenny Gajewski a very very uh, up and coming program Uh, the Cowgirls have definitely uh, been on the rise. Uh, this is another region that I think has the potential for an upset. And uh, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that I think Oklahoma State's going to emerge from the Fayetteville Regional. I think it will be really competitive, but I just think Oklahoma State uh, might be the team that can sneak out of there. Um, and then, of course, that would set up a crazy matchup if Oklahoma wins, that Oklahoma and Oklahoma State would end up meeting in the in the Super Regionals. The 14th seed in the tournament this year is the University of Arizona. And we talked about UCLA earlier being one of those powerhouse programs that's been at the top of the Division One pyramid for many, many years, and certainly Arizona is the other. Um, I think most people would widely agree that Coach Mike Candre is the greatest coach that the game of fast-pitch softball's ever seen. Um, he's got uh, eight national championships. He's got uh, Olympic gold medals. Um, highly, highly thought of as um, a great technician and a great clinician, a great speaker. And uh, uh, playing at home in Tucson is going to be quite an experience for um, St. Francis, uh, which is their first matchup. And I I certainly think that Arizona is going to handle that game. In the opposite bracket, you've got North Dakota State and Mississippi State, um, two really good teams that have had a very successful year. North Dakota State is one of those little teams that can, uh, little schools that's not quite as well known as some of the others. Uh, But uh, uh, Darren Miller and uh, his staff have always got that team playing well. Um, I think that this will be very competitive. I think that it will end up going to the if game. But I do think Arizona is going to make it out of this region. Um, And I think uh, you're going to see an awful lot of home runs being hit out in Tucson. And I think it's going to be a very exciting and uh, uh, memorable couple of days. The 15th seed, keeping the SEC thing rolling, is Texas A&M. 
this is another very interesting region um, in that Texas A&M is opening their brand new stadium. So they are moving into uh, Davis Diamond, which is their brand new stadium. So the very first games that they will play in the new stadium are going to be in the regional tournament. So I think that it's an amazing thing for them. I'm sure they'll have a huge crowd and have a lot of people there. But it also is a little bit unique in that it's not the same type of home field advantage that they would have Otherwise, um, the, they'll be playing their first game on the field against Prairie View A and M, um, and it'll be Prairie View A and M's first game on the field. So they, you know, have that uh, uh, common thread. Now, certainly, I would expect Texas A and M to handle Prairie View fairly easily. I think the only thing that they share that uh, lends itself to the idea that it's going to be an exciting game is that they both have A and M in their title. In the other region or other half of the region, you've got Baylor and McNeese State. McNeese is a very strong team, um, has been very successful here for the last couple of years. They hit a ton of home runs and they got a lot of power. And then Glenn Moore and uh, his staff at Baylor, um, that's a... Uh, college World Series t- team from last year, um, one of the top eight and, and a team that is traditionally and almost always in the discussion for a potential national championship contender. So I would picture um, Texas A&M and Baylor getting into a tussle and I'd honestly think before this one is done that Baylor's going to be the team that emerges from the College Station Regional and again uh, just spices up the tournament just a little bit. Um, it's hard to say that a school like Baylor winning a regional would be an upset because they are so strong and traditionally so powerful. Um, But uh, according to the rankings, it certainly would be. And then the 16th in the last region is the University of Kentucky is hosting in Lexington. And in their region, they've got uh, the University of Illinois Chicago Flames. That'll be Kentucky's first game. And then in the opposite side of the bracket, you've got the University of Notre Dame and the University of Michigan. Here it gets very, very interesting to me because I would think that Michigan certainly would have been a school um, that could have, should have, might have been considered to host a region and the way this shakes out, it almost lends itself to the discussion or to the argument that Michigan was probably the 17th best team as the committee worked their way through it. So um, so Michigan goes to Kentucky. Uh, Kentucky has played a ridiculously hard schedule all year long. They had the unfortunate draw the way the SEC draws their uh, league schedule up that uh, um, they basically played all the top teams uh, and and did not get a chance to play any of the quote-unquote weaker teams and so they've been put to the test weekend after weekend after weekend I think Kentucky's a really strong team Rachel Lawson's a great coach Um, but I'm going to say that Michigan's going to come out of this regional Um, no one can tell me that Carol Hutchins is not one of the best coaches that this game's ever seen obviously Hall of Famer, national champion, and I think that Michigan's going to go into Lexington with a chip on their shoulder to prove to the world that they are still a team to be reckoned with and a team that's going to make some noise. And so um, I think that there will be a handful of upsets, uh, but I think that the seeds are going to hold in many cases, and I think that what it's going to do is set up some exciting and and, uh, very interesting super regionals for next week. So what we will do is um, we will reconvene, uh, sit down after the weekend's over and uh, see how the predictions went, see who ended up uh, getting to the super regional bracket. We'll uh, talk about the action that we saw, and then we're going to take a look at the super regionals and try to predict the teams that will make it to the College World Series on our um, 
broadcast uh, about the selection show and, and the selection process, I made the prediction that I believe that Oklahoma is going to be the team to have the three-peat and to win the national championship this year. So I think that it's going to be a very exciting tournament, and I think Oklahoma is, to my way of thinking and what I've seen, the best team uh, in the country. But Florida's got great pitching. Oregon's got great pitching. Uh, uh, both of those teams have amazing offenses and play great defense. So I think it's going to be exciting. Um, but I'm also looking forward to a couple of upsets. And honestly, uh, in, in my predictions, the only one that uh, I think of is a true upset upset would be uh, Liberty uh, emerging from their regional. Um, you know, like I said before, it's kind of hard to say that Baylor beating Texas A&M would be a huge upset just in the fact that um, I think that it's you know, two powerhouse schools that just ended up in a regional together. So um, I hope you enjoyed the uh, predictions. I hope you have uh, gained some insight from some of the things that I've had to say about the tournament that's upcoming. It's always an exciting time of the year and uh, happy for all the teams, all the coaches and all the fans that are going to get a chance to enjoy it. So our NCAA preseason preview our preseason, our NCAA championship preview was sponsored by Elite Sporting Goods, Lawrenceville, Georgia, and you can reach the people at Elite at 678-377-0270. Thanks for listening to another episode of Everything Fast Pitch, sponsored by Fast Pitch Prep. Everything Fast Pitch and Fast Pitch Prep are committed to growing the game of fast pitch softball, sharing our knowledge, and helping the game grow. Please contact us at fastpitchprep at gmail.com for any questions, comments, or suggestions that you might have. For Coach Don, our producer Bo Ray, I'm Coach Tori Atchison. Thanks for listening.